0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Triumph Over Trauma podcast or show. This is your host, Chris Gear, And as a reminder, uh, on the Triumph Over Trauma show, we share stories of everyday people overcoming adversity so that we can learn tips, tools and techniques on how to better overcome adversity in our own lives. So today I'm really excited to be joined by Alex Wish. So Alex is a leading peak human performance and an executive flow coach. He has worked with top industry leaders to optimize their businesses, maximize their productivity, create sustainable performance, improve their health, and elevate their leadership skills. In addition, he has helped companies turn ideas into multi million dollar revenue producing opportunities, along with assisting large corporations to target strategic partnerships and investors. Prior to Alex's successes, he battled over eight years of crippling major depression that left him on disability, unemployed, and penniless. Doctors told him he should accept the situation and move on because they believed there was little hope he would get better. With a lot of grit, Alex defied the odds and soared out of the ashes into a life filled with unique accomplishments. Outside of business, Alex is an outspoken mental health advocate. He does yearly fitness feats to raise awareness and money for mental health. In May of 2021, Alex wore a 24 pound vest and completed 1,000 pull ups, 2,000 push ups, and 3,000 squats in six hours and eight minutes, while also raising $37,000. And in May of 2023, Alex is planning to break the world record for most vertical feet rock climbed in 24 hours, being over 29,130 feet. Yes, I said that right once again his goal is to raise awareness around the stigma of mental illness and raise money for veterans mental health I'm blown away Alex we've talked but seeing it all on paper just um knocked me back a bit uh man I need to just do a little more I need to get more involved uh, I'm impressed but yeah thanks thanks for joining us um love to hear your story and, and adversity you face and, and how you overcame it and, and you know what you've learned from this so brother the mic is yours I'll turn it over to you
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a pleasure to be on. I really appreciate being here. Um, You know, one thing I want to say is, you know, people or like you would say, is, you know, how you overcame it. And the one thing I want to say is dealing, or at least this is for me and my personal story, um, dealing with major depression is something that I've learned to adapt my life to. You know, I, I don't deal with depression as severe as I used to, but I still deal with depression. And I have no, I now know how to, um you know, live day to day and, you know, have moments of happiness and achieve and not fear failure or fear success, you know, or hide in my bed under my sheets. So I would say, you know, it is a constant journey. Uh, And for me, you know, I think there's always going to be a little bit of a struggle, but that struggle is something that really ignites my fire, just keeps me motivated on a day to day basis and really makes me passionate to help a lot of people. Um, which is my number one goal in life is to help, you know, over a million people, um, you know, come about and feel comfortable sharing their struggles and overcome the stigmas of mental health. hundred percent. But, you know, to jump in um, just going back to the basis of my story is for me, let's just see for a second. I basically in high school, So even in middle school, so growing up, I grew up out in Wellesley, suburbs of uh, Boston. And growing up, before I actually hit this period of major depression, I dealt with some learning disabilities, dyslexia, ADHD. Um, You know, through that, I I learned my first kind of lessons about grit and just kind of perseverance and having to be a creative problem solver, which definitely helped me later on in life. you know even with some of those setbacks i didn't make it to a really good school i made it into upenn and my sophomore year i pushed myself to my utter boundaries my limits um got that 4.0 gpa but i really burnt myself out it, it was not worth it at all um I have a whole different perspective of college i think think there's a lot of benefits to it but i don't think nothing's worth risking your mental health uh i don't care if it's job school or whatever it is, nothing's worth risking it. And so sophomore year, I I burnt myself out and I was also trying to compete in sailboat racing. Grew up international sailor, uh, competing since the age of, I wanna say five. And sailing in college was a really big area for me. Eventually I wanted to go to the Olympics, but my sophomore year at UPenn, I was trying to sail nationals. And this was the first time I really just recognized how bad my depression got. And I went out there trying to race a boat and honestly, all I could think about was wanting to end my life, you know, by shooting myself head with a gun. I didn't own a gun. Um, I didn't even understand the thinking when I'm out there doing the number one thing I absolutely love doing in life. And I was sailboat racing. It was the one thing you could go out, you know, be away from all triggers, all stressors, and just have pure like tranquility in your life. And to have such negative, intrusive thoughts. That's when I left school. And that's where this whole journey of you know, trying to understand depression and get treatment and get better really began. Um, and, you know, just give you a little bit of overview and you can kind of jump in and out of the story. But from that point on, you know, I, I was in now the hospital probably over 14 times, uh, saw multiple doctors, went through different treatments. I had this whole inner dialogue that there had been some, you know, medication or treatment that was going to fix me because, in my eyes i felt like you know I, I one one point was high functioning and then i felt like you know something in me broke um but that wasn't exactly the reality it was there was a lot more in my control than i realized but you know i, I tried electrical balls of therapy i tried ketamine therapy i tried psychedelics um i was put through all sorts of residential facilities county hospitals lockdown units you name it i've gone through it seen the system Seen what's worked, seen what's really not worked at all, and uh, eventually got to a point where I realized that, you know, for me, medication or treatment wasn't going to be the end-all solution. It could be part of the part of the solution, and I had to figure out, you know, what could I do as an individual to really empower myself. Um, and that's where I started creating my seven pillars, which is exercise, nutrition, sleep. Community, communication, mindset, and purpose. And I'll, I'll kind of just stop there, just for a breather. But that's but that was my big pivoting point uh, when I hit my lowest of lows and was just all alone, had no one to help me, no real family, no friends. Um, and I had a, It was either at that point, honestly, it was either jumping off a railroad bridge, or it was doing something drastically different, which was honestly focusing on what I could change instead of trying to find some some magic silver bullet
0: alex that is a lot so i am so grateful you're sharing this story because it's you've been through a whole lot and right you're a walking example of and i know we haven't gotten to the other side of it yet excuse <laughs> me but right it's, it's an example it's a it's a guidepost for people it's a it's a good example of how you can get through things and pretty scary pretty scary stuff um you know getting to that point i know i've shared some of my struggles and, and a lot of this jumps out to me and you also have an example of trying very, you know, a lot of different things to try to address it, right? You know, like as far as the, you know, you know, going to facilities, you know, it's like as far as trying for medications. There's a lot of different, you know, angles with which you attacked it. And it seems like you learned so much as far as what can, what can help resolve this issue. And, and it also shows how severe depression can be. I know that, you know, some sometimes there's a view and, you know, people feeling depressed versus having clinical depression. So I'd be curious, you know, as you reflect, reflect back, you know, you think about those scary times, right? When you're almost all the way to the edge, you know, what kept you going, right? When you're in the middle of it and, you know, the thoughts, the suicidal thoughts were there and the struggles, and, you know, just taking struggle, you know, hit after hit as far as the struggle and just what kept you going? Because that's a tough thing that people face. And what, you know, what kept you standing up or just to have
1: enough grit to get this to stay up when you're in the thick of it? So the big question is, just what really kept me, kept me going and kept me staying up through all the challenges? Um, that That's a very... <laughs> That's a very good question. I mean, these questions have been asked me, you know, again, and again, and honestly, they they slightly change and shift when I kind of start getting newer and newer perspectives on my situation. You know, not, nothing's ever a constant. I don't think I think in life's ever a constant. Um, at that point, for for me, at some points, it was finding anything in hope. I get, I mean, I got down to a point where, you know, like I was having intrusive, as seems to be, simply as you put it, like suicidal thoughts on a daily basis. And I think the one thing that kept me alive was just thinking about reminding myself that, all right, if I can just get through one more day, you know, there's another day and there's new possibilities and, you know, we don't know a lot about the human mind, you know, more about the universe. Than we do about the human mind. And if, as long as I keep myself alive, there's more, we're going to figure out And then there's going to be opportunities to get better, whether it's working on myself or there's other solutions or knowledge or things that are going to be discovered. So it's just simply the the simple act of surviving. And that just meant like, yeah, just, just eating, sleeping, living. Um, Sometimes that that was the basis. And the other thing too, for me, like, I mean, because I grew up and, you know, I, I faced, uh, you know, these learning disabilities and dyslexia and stuff at a young age and pushed through that, um, at a really challenging school. And I went through some other challenges with being bullied because I was overweight at a young age and kind of overcame that. I didn't really know anything other than to give it my best. And what, what the hard part about that though, is that, and I come from a family of doctors and bankers and all the above, but the one thing people don't understand is that like you can be the most driven, hardworking person in the world, but when you're hit with crippling depression, sometimes your best is just staying alive. is keeping yourself safe. And, you know, from an outside perspective, people think, oh, you're just not trying anymore. I mean, that that was a feeling my own family had, um, which, you know, was sad and a big misunderstanding. And we get along now, but it's not that you're not trying. It's, there's, there's a lot, we don't know about the brain, really understand it, but at that point, my best, and the way I describe my best is the best I can do given that moment, time, and that situation. And some situations was just stand alive.
0: Uh, that, that makes perfect sense. And honestly, that in itself is a, an, an amazing feat, right? Day to day, when you're in the thick of it. You touched on this some, Alex. I'd love to know for, for folks who have not experienced depression, because um, that, that was like, that was me for many <clears throat> excuse me that was me for many years and my mom had depression and i never really understood what it meant until i you know went through myself i was like wow now i really get what you're talking about like now i understand um from your perspective you know what 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 did that feel like or what was that like you know when you're in the thick of it you know struggling with major depression for you know is there a way you could to describe but that's like for someone who has not faced that maybe that helps them That could help them better understand loved ones or friends or family or just us on this you know on this on the show what it's like to be in their shoes
1: i'll first say an overall broad concept and that's i would never wish my worst of enemies to go through what i went through that's the first thing i'm going to say and that's that's how bad it was um I can, and this is also coming from a person who like puts myself through like crazy, challenging physical feats. And like, that's, that's physical pain. And I'm not saying physical pain is great either, but like, i just perspective wise, like mental pain is a whole nother level. And I will push myself physically because to me, like, that's a gift to push myself in that regard. And in comparison to mental anguish, it's, it's, um, you can't really compare the two. They're, they're very, very different. Um, what's it like? Well, at different points... <laughs> Hold on a second.
0: It probably feels kind of like that. What? It probably feels like that at some points in time. <laughs> I think that was a, an, an audible demonstration.
1: <laughs> Just like everything kind of crashed again, 100%. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, broke out
0: the metaphors
1: I'm breaking out the metaphors as best as i can <laughs> oh my goodness all right Hold on,
0: yeah because i really you know when i think back that was i had no clue just like anything else like anything in life unless you know i think of parenting the same way or, or you know having a certain job whatever it may be right unless You can do your best to try to understand it but until you've gone through it yourself it's like you can't really you don't really comprehend especially very you know um things that are so such impactful in our lives you don't really doesn't truly click until you go through it yourself
1: yeah and and, and again i I was going to say you know the the challenges i went through really shifted and morphed over time um there were there was times where i mean imagine imagine feeling your lowest and having your worst thoughts but that just being on pause for multiple days on end and you're just kind of stuck in that moment right there's no escaping you're stuck you don't know how to get out it's kind of like you are in like a trapped well with your worst of fears surrounding you and and you can't even see a light spot above your head right you don't don't know when you're getting out you don't know how you're getting out that's one type you know i've also gone through moments where you know, another type of kind of depression I've faced is almost a lack of emotion where where you don't feel anything, where you honestly feel completely and utterly numbed. Um, In the beginning, you know, I I felt a lot and I went through, you know, very high levels of constantly spiked anxiety, the depression, constant crying, sadness um, for multiple days on end. And I think over time, because I, I was with it so long, my body adapt a little bit in a way where I started to just numb out a bit and I started just to push away the ability to feel any bit of an up, but also feel like a harsh, harsh bottom and just kind of numb out all pain in general. Um, I didn't really know how to interpret my emotions at that point in time. So like, it's, I wouldn't say depression is, is a one size fits all. Um, and even outside of that, like I've met people. Uh, they've, they've just like people i have met in the hospital and other situations. I mean, people be totally catatonic in a corner, not even talking, have no facial expression, almost look like they're just not even present. And then they went through, you know, there's, there's some effective treatments that have worked for some people and I've seen them go through treatments and they've come back and then all of a sudden they're just very like animated, alive and they're talking and it's just like two completely different people. Right. So. Depression, it, it's it's not one size fits all. It's, it's really individually and experienced, but I've, I've experienced kind of different levels, um, you know, of that, you know, yeah, of depression.
0: Oh, that, that's helpful. And that's, that's a great point too, that there's you know, uh, I saw a post online the other day that there's, there's many types of, right. It isn't just one thing, just like the, it's hard. You can't just capture one. There's some typical symptoms, but, I, um, another topic. And I know this is really important to both of us. And that's the whole aspect of, you know, men's mental health. Yeah. right? And there's some themes there that extrapolate that, that don't just apply to men, right? They apply to women, children, you know, minorities, all kinds of different situations. But, you know, specifically, we think of the, the traditional definition of masculinity and what that means, what it means to be a strong man, right? I'm, I'm curious, you know, kind of your take on what if any um impact or part that played in your experience maybe what led to the depression or how you how you responded to it um you know how you got through it just kind of your thoughts on what masculinity and the the role of of how we think of men you know how we expect to behave as men or what we what we expect of ourselves what impact that had on of your experience
1: yeah i mean i think in the beginning honestly it really it really exponentially increased the degree and the length of my depression um you know for me being a man i felt like a lot of times in the beginning you know i had to fairly be pretty silent um you know there, there's definitely a lot of a stigma i mean there's definitely a lot of stigma around health in general and there's this idea i mean i also grew up you know i wrestled from like second grade to graduation high school and then i ended up i actually competed in mma and used to do all sorts of fighting stuff too but you know there's this idea like one or two situations where it's either it's really like you need to be beyond human where you don't either don't really show emotion or you kind of just bottle it up, um, you know, and not let the world know that there's any vulnerability. I mean, if you even look at sports and wrestling, I mean, that's how you win a wrestling match. If you go to a wrestling match and you can go out there and look like you're, you have no emotion at all, you're going to scare the hell out of your opponent, right? And so, I mean, that's part of like, uh, you know, the concepts on those sports. But just not feeling comfortable to really share, um, keeping things bottled up and just honestly feeling extremely, extremely alone with, with my struggles. It's very, very alone. Uh, you know, that that was my original experiences. And, and it wasn't until, honestly, a couple of years ago where I really came out and shared my personal story um, with the world where I realized how much just kind of keeping things to myself and keeping things bottled up affected me.
0: Yes. I hear you on so many levels, so many levels, um, and I'm biting my tongue because I, I want to. I want to hear a lot from you more than from me because I'm learning a lot from you, Alex, that is in our previous conversation as well. So we've got a good feel for kind of for at least just a slice of the struggle and the challenges you faced. Love to hear more about kind of what what helped you, what sparked, right? Um, the change you know, to help to help you kind of get through the other side, not to say it's just a checkbox. Right. I know you said there's degrees in which you struggle with it and, you know, probably in a very different place today than you were at that point 100%. in time. But yeah, what 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 helped you, you know, kind of take the actions you needed to take? Was it something that inspired you or just, you know, may may not have been just one thing kind of what helped you get through to the other side and and, and as well as get to the point where you develop the model. I'm really intrigued by the model that you shared, uh, for overall wellness. You know, so we kind of look kind of those two pieces. Let's hear more about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, so I'm just trying to think of the, there's two pieces here. I'm going to say one is in some ways it's staying still. It's finding a solution within yourself instead of externally. And i'm not saying that externally like you should reach out for help you should you know look for other solutions but at the end of the day you're the one waking up and going to bed in your and, you're, and you're, you're waking up and going to bed in your own bed right and or wherever you are sleeping um but it's you i mean you're the one responsible for your actions what happens to it every at the end of each day and so just really understanding you know what you can can't control um was was really groundbreaking to me that was one understanding what you can and cannot control Two, just finding purpose in life. The, the big issue when, when people go through mental health struggles or mental illness and they go through it for a really long period of time, the longer you struggle, the less likely you are to come out of it, right? Because it compounds itself. It's, it's depression builds off depression, regardless if it was biological or whatever. If you are depressed for multiple years, that's depressing in itself. So, you need to find something also greater than yourself to live for. Um, And that's, that's my, my own personal understanding of my situation. And for me, it's, it's, and also just making sense of my own struggles and stories and adversity, instead of just thinking like, wow, like, you know, I was going through hell and back for no reason. I turned it into purpose and I turned it into passion. And I said, you know, I'm going to take my own experiences and my own, challenges I went through in my own level of education, because I never finished college, but I went through a different type of education in the mental health system and all types of therapies and self-educated, but taking that to help people um, was was a really big piece of the equation and that purpose piece. And then one thing else I wanna throw in the mix, when I say staying still, it doesn't mean like lying in your bed, okay? That's not the stillness I'm looking for. I'm talking about, you know, there's a desperateness sometimes that goes on when adversity hits and we either try fleeing, try running away, trying to go to a new location, a new place, thinking that if you just move, things will get better. And I did that. I mean, I, I was in the hospital in and out 14 times or even more, you know, I was in multiple residentials. I didn't really have a home. When I was finally starting to understand what I could control And then when I started to come, when I got back to Boston and just stayed here and was like, you know what, like, this is my situation, you know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work on each day trying to just make things a little better. And it could just be like a little better. It could be like, I'm not even talking about a percent better. I'm talking about like 0.001% better on a daily basis. But when I stood still and started to focus on, you know, small changes in the same environment, that was really important. Um, and those marginal gains turn to exponential results. One last thing I'll throw in this mix that was also really important was community. And I'm gonna bring this up for a couple of reasons. Um, one of the big flaws in the mental health system actually is community, meaning that when you from a perspective like me, when when you get pulled in the mental health system, you're in residential, you're in hospital settings, when you start off, it's good to find other people that are struggling because you can relate and you can feel like you're not alone to a degree. Right. But then if those are the only people you're surrounded with on years on end, you start adapting each other's behaviors. You have, you have no one else to really compare yourself against or someone else that has higher values or higher work ethics. So you're lacking that inspirational community. Right? So once I got out of that whole system and I put myself, it was actually a rock climbing gym, I I would just wake up in the morning, go to this rock climbing gym which was really called Boston bouldering project. I would stay there all day. Um, you know, I had this membership at the gym that was basically my entire day. I would just do fitness or whatever, be around other healthy people, start adapting their habits and behaviors. At the end of the day, I'd go home and just go to bed. And I just kept, I, I just kept repeating that. that. that's all I kept repeating. And there, and there got to be a point where someone's like, Alex, you're here all day, you might as well work here. And then I, I did start working there as a personal trader. Cause that just made sense. But yeah, so, you know, those are a couple, but, you know, staying still, like I said, community, you know, understanding what you can change um, in that higher level of purpose. I think those are all big pieces that really made the shift.
0: I love that last example, too, of the community. It's like that, that, you know, the stat of you are the average of your five, you know, five closest friends. So, and I think you and I talked about this when we had a separate conversation about, I guess there was some kind of study on, you know, on on sick, sick animals, right? Yeah. And those who are around other sick animals, they stay sick longer. And those around healthy animals, it's like you kind of either, you know, either you get the gravitational pull down or you get some kind of, you know, rocket or anti-gravitational, you know, force upward. And I think you, you, so you live that, right? By getting involved and being around healthy people who are focused on wellness and not just sick individuals. There's something interesting about that. You know which can apply outside of mental health it can apply maybe you know criminal justice system and other areas too you know school environments so there's there's something big there there's something really big i, I love how you connected that and you, you saw firsthand how that affected you right and which way it pulled you or propelled you so that's really there's something big there um probably an opportunity for at a macro level you know for for things I for that improvement this is this is really good stuff alex that you know any other you know, you hit on to some really good points there. Anything else you'd say that you, you know, you, that you learned along this journey through your own, this, and I'm sure there's a lot, but anything else, you know, I know you talked, you touched on grit a little bit. Grit was an interesting concept. And I know that's, right. It's important to your story and your, your journey, right. And your, your story of over, overcoming this. So whether it's great or other things, anything else you want to share that you've learned along this journey and yeah. has helped you that may, maybe people could take something away from?
1: Well, I'll, I'll kind of jump into a couple of things here. One, us as humans, we make things way too complicated. I'm just going to be able be out there. Okay. Um, we, we make things so much complicated. I mean, I do stuff in like biohacking and all the above, but you know, I don't touch upon any of these advanced concepts unless you're really mastered the basics, right? You know, people. Uh, you know, I, I was just actually just had a conversation. I've been in the world of dating, and I was dating someone, and they're like, you know, we were we were talking about ADHD, and they're like, yeah, these bad ADHD symptoms, and I'm like, okay, when's the last time you got seven hours of sleep? They're like, well, I, I only get like four hours sleep a night. So, and they're and they're you know they're saying, well, maybe I should you know go on a medication. I'm like, well, let's first figure out the sleeping issue. You know, and I'm, I'm not trying to be their coach. I'm on a date, and we're just talking about stuff. But I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, perhaps if you improve the sleeping issue, you know, you might not have such severe ADHD symptoms. I mean, better sleep quality improves cognition, which improves concentration, which improves organization. I mean, it's, it's sometimes we just want, you know, we look for these more complex solutions and, you know, going through all this, it's, it's the simple things, you know, when you're struggling, ask yourself, like, how is my nutrition nutrition is, is super impactful. Am I getting sunlight? I had a client I was working with recently. Awesome person. Um, they, they're actually uh, a female going into their forties, trying to break some old records in weightlifting, and, and also doing some, some self-branding. But they were using a sunlight they use for for the seasonal. And it's helping him kind of make some suggestions. And just the power of that sunlight, they were using it a little too long. Like you're supposed to use it for twenty minutes, not forty minutes. And so they started developing bad insomnia. So we kind of went from like okay, helping seasonal mood to all of a sudden really bad insomnia. And they're like, well, it's just the sunlight. I'm like. Yeah, the sun is a really powerful thing. You know, it's, it's that, that brightness, but just looking at, again, the nutrition, the sleep exercise, what you're doing for your movements, um, you know, that environment who you're surrounding yourself with like my pillars, you know, higher communicating to the world around you, um, checking with other people, like checking in with other people and saying, Hey, you know, asking your friends, your family, like, you know, how am I coming across or what do you see as my strengths or weaknesses, getting feedback from other people. And you have things like your inner dialogue, too, which is like I have people doing like um, and I used to do this, too, is like kind of a thought diary where you have an alarm that goes off and at three times a day and just write down what you're thinking about. But, you know, what we tell ourselves on a daily basis, minute by minute, hour by hour is so powerful and affects us greatly. And when you start changing your own inner dialogue, kind of like you become your biggest support, you know, your actions significantly change. Um, so those are really big. Something else on a level that just kind of brought to my mind is when you are having a really rough day and you are in bed, and we all have those days, we all have days we feel like shit. Whether you know, maybe maybe you went out too late last night for something, you feel horrible the next day, or maybe you know you're down from something or it's the winter. One thing I learned to do is ask myself, okay, I'm lying in bed, you know, I don't feel great. But if I did, if I got up and went for a walk for five minutes. Am I going to feel any worse or do I have a chance to feel better? If the answer is you have a chance to feel better, then go ahead and do it. And that goes into this whole world of like choosing your heart. It's, it's hard to stay in bed and feel like shit, but it's also hard to get up and do something that might potentially make you feel better, but that other heart is going to lead to potentially more catalysts and doing better that day, more days further on.
0: Oh, I'm so stealing that one. Choosing your heart, right? Because
1: Choosing your look, heart. So,
0: my wife um, Jenny and I were just we were talking about something earlier today, and literally, you know, we were talking about this thing is hard, this thing is hard, and then we just we basically just surmised, you know, what? everything's hard. So <laughs> it's like you said, choose your heart. So and yeah, that's and it shows how. Well, first of all, I'll say the ADHD thing and, and the dating part. I enjoyed that, especially the sleep aspect, because I thought that could have taken a whole different angle with our sleep quality, <laughs> but we didn't go there, fortunately. Um, <laughs> It'll be a different episode but yeah you know but looking at you know how doing too much of a good thing can affect you looking at how you know simplifying things can make it can really just make it make a big improvement those are those are really you know that's why Apple's so successful right with iphones they, you know, simplifying the complex right it doesn't have to be so
1: complicated i think
0: we're sharing a lot of good anecdotes that that prove that
1: there's, there's also real quick, just to kind of highlight this example of mastering the basics and why it's so powerful. I like using this one example. There was a wrestler named Gable, uh, Olympic gold medalist. I think he won multiple gold medals. And what made him such an amazing reddle, wrestler, not that, he, not that he did a thousand moves or did all these fancy tricks out on the wrestling mat. He did two moves extremely well, and he knew how to hit them in all situations right? And also coming from my background as a sailor, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's the best people on the course are the ones that are the most consistent with the basics, right? Because that just brings up your base that much higher. So when things do go well, you get launched further. And if things dropped, you're not going to go that far farther down, right? So it's that idea of mastering the basics from all angles in life, not just when things are going well, but knowing how to master the basics. When you get sick, a kid gets sick, there's a death in the family, Work becomes crazy. So I really love the idea of simplifying and master the basics. Um, I don't think that's enough attention. I, like I said, I think we're always looking at the next shiny object and we just, as humans make things way too complicated.
0: Oh, I know I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged for that one. I mean, before we're doing this, I was clicking around all trying, experimenting the different ways to set up this video. So, <laughs> but I'm with you that, I mean, you're in great company, a couple of quotes that come to mind, that exact same thing, Kobe Bryant. Well, you know, I think he said, you notice. He or people said he was brilliant in the basics, the basics of dribbling, the basics of shooting, nothing crazy. And then I, Bruce Lee, I know there's a quote. That he said, "I'm i I'm more afraid of the man who's mastered one kick and and practiced it a thousand times than a person who's done a thousand kicks one time." So it's like that, it, you know, that like you said, the consistency, consistency um, can make you much more effective and have higher results. So I'm loving this. I love this conversation, um but I'm sure you have, you know. Other ventures like preparing for Olympic, uh, excuse me, world records to prepare for. But I would love to hear a little bit about that. Um, tell us sure. more about some things you're like some things you're working on, especially around that fundraiser. You know, um, the, for rock climbing and raising funds. I, I love how you've done that before and how you're looking to do even more. Love to hear more about that. How you got into it and what your you know kind of
1: what your training looks like today to get ready for this kind of thing. <laughs> ask ask a lot of questions, um, at a really interesting time in my life. So what I'm planning on doing, so every year and right now last year, this was supposed to happen last year. Now I got pushed in this year just because life injuries happen, you know, things get pushed. Um, when the pandemic started, I started doing a fitness feat to train for something because I need something to motivate me to, to get me going to kind of really shape my fitness plan. Okay. I like training for something like a physical feat and being the fitness feat. When I, when you, you talked about the 1000 pull ups, 2000 three 3000 squats, you know, it was really, I just came up with something that sounded like pretty exuberant and I was just like, I am just going to give it hell and try it. And if I get it done, I do. If I don't, I don't. And by all means, I got it done in like six hours, eight minutes. And so that was my first little check off in the list. I was like, okay, like I can do some pretty crazy shit with all my you know, fitness training and background. Um, and it, honestly, it was just showing up with a having a decent game plan, but showing up every day, listening to your body, training, kind of pushing um, and getting your mind ready for that event. Now, going to this next one, my goal is to rock climb most vertical feet in 24 hours, which is the current record right now is 29,130 feet. And it was theoretically on a slab climb, which is like a climb where you have like a, the cliff is slightly tilted in. So you can like lean into the, you can lean into the the rock climbing wall and take a little pressure off your hands. The climb I'm doing is five degree overhung. So it's five degrees overhung, which means it's going to be a lot more on the grip. Um, and I just, I just like, you know, as you can hear from my personal story, I just like making things extra hard and difficult for myself. So I figure why not?
0: You're not kidding. You're not kidding. As if 20, was it, 29,000 feet wasn't enough. It's going to be even harder.
1: It's going to be, going to be a little harder. I, see, my thing too is like when I did the past fitness feed, it had to be strict pull ups. I don't want anyone to ever come back to any of this stuff and be like, oh, well, you know, you did kipping pull ups. You didn't do strict pull ups. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing strict pull ups. So this fitness feed, I don't want anyone to ever come back being like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't a vertical wall. So I'm like, you know what? Fine. It's going to be slightly overhub. No question asked. So I just don't like controversy. I like things yeah, to be like very, <laughs> very cut and dry. Um, but yeah, it's as many as you can do in 24 hours. You know, so far to date, I've done 10,000 vertical in about five to six hours. Um, you know, I pushed through that. There's a lot to be done for this. It's a big learning curve. I mean, you have to make sure your nutrition's dialed in. I'm playing around right now with like a glue continued glucose monitor, kind of seeing what my blood sugars are, blood sugars are like and my insulin levels, and you know, really kind of making sure my fueling is is sufficient because you know, things I've learned even when I was dealing with depression is like if you're dehydrated or you're not fully fueled, like you become apathetic. And you might think you're losing motivation, but you're just you just don't have any fuel in your body left, right? So there's that, there's you know, making sure you're not overtraining. A big part of these fitness feats is just. Getting through training without injury. So that's a big piece I gotta watch out for. Um, But yeah, I know I'm pushing through for May. I paired up with uh, Flanders Fields, which there's a guy named Ben Owen who um, he was a veteran, um, then got, uh, then became homeless and an addict, um, actually, him and his wife. And then he got clean and then he started this nonprofit where he goes out, um, you know, helps out a lot of homeless individuals, women who are caught in the sex trade but he goes out to really identify who the homeless veterans are. And, you know, I'm not a veteran. I've had friends, I've had family members that are, but within mental health, there's a very big need for veterans who've served our country. Um, So I'm doing some work with Ben Owen. We're raising money for his cause. He's opening up these houses where they can help rehabilitate these vets that they find and literally go out and search for these people that are missing. Um, And I'm, I'm really, really about that. So, yeah, I mean, it's honestly like, you know, been through hell and back, and I'm just doing whatever I can to make this world a little better.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw. I think it probably probably following your information. I saw some of the stuff about Flanders Field. Impressive, very impressive stuff. I'm glad you mentioned them. Looking ahead, so I think is it May May 2023. So May 2023, you've crushed the record. You're the undisputed record holder because you've done the, the overhang. So there's yeah. no asterisk in this in this record book. Something to come back to. So here's the question. How are you celebrating? How are you going to celebrate that success? Because that's going to be pretty badass.
1: Honestly, what I will. <laughs> so I haven't been on a vacation for a long time now. I, I don't condone that for anyone out there. I actually think vacations are, are pretty good <laughs> for mental health, well being. But I've been like, I have two businesses I'm also doing on the side. Well, I'm trying to do this fitness feat, which is a lot to begin with. um I, I want to take a trip to to celebrate that. Honestly, I'm planning on getting it done and then taking a trip to South Africa to around Zimbabwe. Um, I got a friend out there who's working on some, um, anti-poaching movie and documentary. Um, that's really exciting and really cool. So, and I met this person online, we connected with a pandemic and I've been helping him with some fundraising. So I want to, I want to do a trip, get out of this, get out of Boston, get to a different part of the world. And, um, yeah, it's just, and just like I said, get to a place where all those anxieties or stressors are behind you and just be able to immerse yourself in like in a different culture, a different environment. I'm
0: so excited for you. I'll, we'll be tracking it. I'll be tracking it and there to you know pop off some bottles of champagne or or <laughs> anything else afterwards. That too. You know, that
1: too. We'll, there'll be plenty of that. I'll probably be <laughs> in bed for a couple of days. I'll be so sorry. About that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, all right. So um, I'm sure there's going to be some folks who are going to say, you know, this is really intriguing I'd love to follow his journey you know and as well as just see the types of things Alex is working on whether it's in this space or whether it's in some of your executive coaching or other areas so how would you recommend people keep up with you follow you support you yes
1: yeah, so I have a couple of places you can look so when it comes to most of my content um, and engagement I do a lot with LinkedIn so just simply my name Alex Wish W-I-S-C-H and I'll pop right up there um, If you're looking more on like the fitness world and my fitness feed and updates usually you can find me on instagram which is wish w-i-s-c-h dot fit f-i-t uh but those are the two areas you can find out more about me um you kind of can enjoy the fitness part or you can enjoy the whole business executive coaching and mental health piece but yeah those are my two two areas all right you guys
0: heard it follow them check them out track the journey and support everything. Well, Alex, thank you. I really appreciate you making the time. You got a lot going on here. And uh, I appreciate you sharing the story uh, with our, our community. There's a lot we can pull from it. Um, even me having gone through some similar things, not to the same extent, you know, I pulled some things through. So thank you so much, brother. Uh, we'll be rooting for you.
1: I'll say just one one more quick thing to throw out there. Something I learned from everything I've been through is that regardless of the adversity or challenges you're going through, something to keep in mind is that it can always get better. Things may never be perfect, may never ever be perfect, but they can 100% always get better.
0: You just made my day right there. It can always get better. So that's you know no matter and that's whatever you're facing. Thank you, Alex. That's that's uh, a another tagline. We're gonna get some gems here today. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. We'll be talking and uh, thank you for listening, folks. All right, we'll close this out. All right. Take care.